This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer. Not in the palatial 68 of the fan studios, but in our respective homes. I am Eric Quintana. He's Sam Franco, Josh Bagriansky. Gentlemen, how goes it? Yeah, yeah pretty good. Yeah. Eh, Can't complain. It's okay. <laughs> the Josh, less, Josh, less enthusiastic uh, than Sam. Uh, why, why, the, why less of enthusiastic? Well, the weather's, oh, the weather's <laughs> bad, you know, so... I've been able to coach the last couple of days. Been cooped up in my house. Last night, Eric can't talk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. losing it. Yeah, you got that part of it. Uh, and, la- and last night was uh, not particularly fun either. Although I remain just loving what the intention uh, of Gabriel Heinz and Atlanta United is right now. But that was that was certainly not. I don't know how you guys felt, but that, I didn't feel like after the first leg where I was like, we lost, but I thought we played some good football. We haven't really podcasted either, you know? Like, you know, I, I've been moving into my new house, so I've been super swamped with doing all that stuff. But, you know, pretty much like since the season, you know, started MLS-wise, you know, we haven't really done anything. So there, we've got a lot of ground to cover here. So that, I think where that's did why you guys – I feel it's, like it's, the I feel most like last thing. night kind of fit into like you were – I know you're about to go to the state here, but last yeah. night kind of fit in – put a bow on the season i thought last night encompassed some of the more frustrating things yeah uh, i was gonna say the the, the the overall theme for me with this season is that is it's more of like a personal feeling i'm not saying that every fan feels this way but me watching this team right now at least early on in this season and i fully understand that it is super early and that and that things could change and the fact that joseph isn't back yet and it doesn't look like he's going to be like fully back when I say fully back, I'm looking for that confidence in his knee. I still don't see it 100%. It looked a lot better this last match, but I don't uh, still 100% see it. And, I mean, you saw Taylor Twelman say the same thing. And um, really, I think that if, if he can get his first goal um, sometime in the near future, then, you know, that's a massive step forward. That will build his confidence and everything. Um, but I, I don't see him, like, going up for massive headers anytime soon. Uh, that's the kind of confidence that I, I'm – it'll – I, I have a feeling it'll take a few months for him to get back. It'll come back, I hope. And I, and I think it's it's twofold, right? I mean, on the one hand, like, if a confident Joseph is is not just going up for those headers, but getting into those positions in the first place. And we yeah. haven't seen him. You know, he's the type of guy where we, we've seen a lot of games like the ones he's played in terms of not getting a lot of touches on the ball, but finding a way to score goals, popping up on the end of a cross. And that's just not happening right now. Of course, yeah. part of that, and I know we're going to talk about this, is the team is not completely adapted or we'll see if they're able to do everything Gabriel Heinze wants in the defensive and middle third in the buildup. So they're not creating as many chances in the first place. But certainly some of that also has to do with Joseph just not being completely confident in his, in his physical movements off the ball quite yet. The, the most frustrating part about the start of the season, going back to what I was starting to say, um, is basically that I, I watched these games, and so the, the the first leg with the Philadelphia Union was kind of like a was kind of an outlier. Uh, but most of these matches that I've seen, I start watching the first half, and I start seeing the same trends, and I start getting discouraged, and I start to not want to watch the rest of the game. 
because I, I, I already understand or have a feeling as to what it's going to look like, how it's going to go. Um, and, and the, the, the way in which this team is kind of playing right now is not, uh, I, I think we had more hope for the, you know, for, for what was 2017, 2018, as opposed to what was kind of last year. And I'm not saying it's more last year than it is um, the previous years, but it, it's not flowing the way I think we all kind of hoped it would. And now, Hope is hope is probably the right word because it's not like we expected it to go that way. We didn't for sure know that you know this team was going to just pick up Heinz's um, you know tactics and and be able to run with it a hundred hundred percent. So we're, I fully expect this team to kind of grow into it. But you did kind of hope that it wouldn't be that way. That you that you hoped it would just kind of uh, flipped as soon as the season started. That this team was just rocking on all cylinders, kind of uh, from the get go. Uh, and that, it, I mean, it's been kind of a bummer that that hasn't been the case, but I also understand that this is just kind of part of the process, but I will say that I, I just don't know. I still think there are a lot of missing links. I, I, there's, there's, there's no one on that LA United has brought in that has proved to me that they can be the difference maker that we've needed for the past two years. I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, I, I think I've seen some, you know, bits and pieces uh, Again, from, from everybody. Sorry. Early on. It's still early right, on, very course. early on. But I haven't seen any evidence that there's that, that the guy we're looking for to kind of um, replace pity, you know, hopefully replace, you know, encourage Marco, whatever you want to call it. We haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen that kind of star in the midfield kind of take over a game, be that dominating presence that, you know, we see on other excellent teams in MLS. Um, that I'm we haven't seen waiting, it consistently for sure. Like yeah, I, I would exactly. agree. We yeah. haven't seen it consistently. I think we've seen flashes, you know, Santiago Sosa's goal last night is one of those examples of kind of creating something uh, out of nothing and using that sort of, uh, you know, little bit of skill that's required, like you're talking about there. Um, I, I think that, you know, this team is probably somewhere halfway between what we saw against Chicago, who, you know, is a team that let's just be honest, isn't the the, the top class of MLS. Um, you know, I think they're somewhere between what we saw against Chicago and what we saw against new England slash Philadelphia over these last two legs, you know, a team that can create, can get forward, can score, can look exciting at times, but is also going to get themselves caught out a bit. And I think, you know, we saw that with Tata Martino as manager when, when you, you know, play the style that Atlanta United plays or is trying to play right now, there's going to be, you know, chances, you know, coming against you quite a bit. So uh, the defense needs to be shored up a little bit, obviously. But I think overall, from what I've seen in, in the you know first few games here, this team looks like a team that is trying to, you know, learn on the fly a new style of play and learn how to play under their new manager. So I think that the results will come. I think right now fans need to be patient, obviously. And, um, you know, not be spoiled, as uh, the previous manager <laughs> likes to uh, say. Um, but, no, I think this is a team that right now has shown flashes, still needs to get the rhythm under their new coach, and quite frankly, still needs to get Joseph Martinez healthy. You know, he's, he yeah. still doesn't look near the player that we know. He's, he's, he's a big part of this. And I think with respect, you know, so I agree and disagree with some of the things that are said. I, I really disagree, Eric, that uh, – this is below uh, 
what you were expecting. For me, this is pretty much exactly what I was expecting, especially with Joseph Martinez getting uh, back. Hope, to hope was the word. Hope was the word. Well, yeah, but but for I, me, I I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I hope they would have won every match, but I mean, the, I'm not particularly disappointed or, or surprised with where the team is right now, and I don't think it's a horrible negative. And I think with respect to the difference makers that needed to be brought in, I think one of those is Santiago Sosa. And the other one is a player that is on the roster right now and we're hoping comes back full speed in Joseph Martinez. So I think, is this a fully complete team? No, there are some issues with depth. Um, you can maybe add another player uh, with better goal scoring instincts. I think the jury's still out on Marcelino Moreno. Uh, but I think that where you are right now is not totally surprising. You're learning a system we know is intricate and complex and is a, uh, interesting mix of structure and complete freedom given to the players. And you also know that you have your key player in terms of scoring goals is going to take some time to get reacclimated. So I think, I think a lot of is already in place of what you need to be competitive this year. And I'm not super surprised that you're going through an adaptation period. Although I don't disagree that there's based on what we've seen, there is certainly a chance that maybe the personnel here is not, uh, not here to play that system. Yeah, and I think one thing that was has been sort of strange, and you know, Joseph Martinez hasn't played every minute this season, but I especially noticed this there in the second leg against Philadelphia last night. Joseph seems to be playing further back, like dropped back, uh, almost as a as a false nine or even like a you know like an eight, maybe not that far back. But I'm just saying, like last night, I noticed that he was coming in and like almost trying to facilitate more so than get on the end of things. And that was a kind of strange to see. I wasn't exactly sure. And maybe that's just Gabriel Heinze trying to get Joseph a little bit more well-rounded, or maybe it's the fact that Gabriel Heinze sees Joseph not a hundred percent and thinks that, you know, if he drops a little further back and isn't, you know, constantly throwing himself at the ball and throwing himself in harm's way, uh, you know, it's probably yeah. going to do better for his confidence. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but, but it was just one of those strange things to note. One thing, and I think if we start to talk specifically about the match last night, one thing I've noticed with Gabriel Heinze is he doesn't he, – he, when, when certain players are out of the lineup, he doesn't necessarily fill in that player's role with a specific like-for-like like like positionally. So, like, mm -hmm. for instance, when you were missing Brooks Lennon at, at right back uh, recently, uh, I guess against uh, – in the last match, in the last MLS match, he doesn't put Jack Gurr there. You know, he basically puts a Franco Ibarra in that position mm -hmm. and says Ibarra and Jurgen Dom, between the two of you, you can fulfill the duties of a right back, but I'm not necessarily just going to put Jack Gurr there or, uh, or Ronald Hernandez there. I thought he did the same thing when you're missing Ezekiel Barco um, in the middle in the last match where you were, were Marcelino Moreno, not the same type of player in the middle. So you want to bring someone in that could link a little bit more. And that's Joseph Martinez. And then you can have a player in Eric Lopez who you have on the left who can fill in that, that traditional nine position in the space that Joseph leaves when he drops in. It works. Is that, is, that why, is that why you saw Joseph dropping back much more often? That's what I thought. And I thought that's what the team really struggled with last night was you had, I think, like 70% possession or something ridiculous. And you were – and you didn't – you lacked someone basically to carry the ball from the middle to the final third. Moreno's a great dribbler, but he doesn't have the same breakaway speed as Barco does. He's not a good, as good a passer. So he just got fouled 80 times, right? And I thought that the adjustment Heinze made, it, made, particularly in the second half, was to bring Joseph a little deeper, although we know he likes to come deep anyway. But that's something – without Barco, he was your best player to connect 
basically the middle third to the final third. So you saw him on the ball a lot more around midfield to do some of the things that maybe an Ezekiel Barco would typically do. Uh, but certainly Eric Lopez, who comes into the lineup, um, is not going to do that. So you have Lopez fill that number nine space. Joseph dropped deeper to kind of accomplish what Barco can do in the middle and Marcelino Moreno maybe couldn't. And so, for Atlanta to have that possession too, like Josh was talking about there, like for Atlanta to have that much possession, Philadelphia work. Was, no, well, Philadelphia was daring Atlanta basically. I mean, they, they knew yeah. with that three goal cushion, they were like, all right, you guys can come at us. And if you can score you great. And I, that's where I think, you know, with Joseph dropping back like that, you know, you talk about Gabriel Heinz just kind of plugging in guys and saying, okay, you need to do this or you need to do that especially when they're trying to learn a new system. I'm not so sure I'm down with that. Like, I, That's really the story of the game, right? I mean, to me mm-hmm. was, right, you, you tried to make that adjustment. Um, and you basically saw Philadelphia. I mean, when you have 70% possession and concede that many chances on the other end, I mean, you're just looking at Philadelphia basically concedes the wide areas, gets compact, and they're just like, all right, you don't have anyone that can break us down in the middle third. We're going to just win the ball off you here in counter. And like you said earlier, Sam, Atlanta is going to be super exposed. If you have 70% possession, that means you're stringing six, seven, eight passers together at a time or more. So when you lose it, you're going to be in attacking position. So like you said earlier, in Heinz's system, if it doesn't work, you can be a little exposed going the other way on the counterattack. And that was the story of the game. I think the one thing I noticed, I think where Doug Robertson brought it up, is the number of crosses we seem to be putting in no matter – what the situation is and i think that's to me the, the the more frustrating thing is that there's no one that seems that that control the middle now I, again still early on so maybe that changes in the near future but um i'm just thinking about how lane united is going to score goals going forward and i don't have confidence that on a consistent basis Atlanta is to be able to drive up the middle and be able to create as opposed to just kind of just lumping in crosses and hoping for the best. Again, well, who are they aiming Joseph for, is, though? That's what I'm saying. Well, like, right now, who like, are they I don't, aiming I don't, for? I don't, see, I don't see Joseph Martinez being that guy for a while. Like, say yeah. what you will about him running around and, and running hard. That's one thing. But, you know, having the confidence to jump up mm-hmm. and land on that foot, land on that leg with, with absolutely no fear that it's going to uh, – it's going sh- to shift or anything like that, that's, that's a whole different story. I, I don't – so and and that's the thing. I, I think I read a tweet somewhere last night, uh, talking about how it the crosses look like. Like it's one thing to to pump a cross in that's with you know a guy like Joseph Martinez running onto it, but the way that these crosses come in, it's like Atlanta United waits and waits and waits, and then Philadelphia sets up and they're in position to kind of defend the cross into the box, and all of a sudden it's, uh, you know Joseph or whoever it is, you know. Five eight, five seven, five nine, whatever it is. I don't think there's anyone six foot up up in the attack for Lane United. Um, I could be wrong about that, but you got you've got relatively shorter guys going up against you know MLS center backs, and you know nine times out of ten you're not going to win that battle. I, I just that's that's what I was I think hoping for more of going into the season that I haven't seen yet is a better attack through the middle, a, a more fluid transition into, and you saw a lot of that uh, in the first leg. I don't know what I, – I mean, I, I, obviously the tactics changed for Philadelphia up three, but uh, you, you would hope that you would have seen more of that and more of a, a way to kind of break the game open with a team that's going to sit back a little yeah. more than, than maybe they needed to uh, in the first leg. I think that's well put, and I think basically, you know, that, that was the story of the game was Philadelphia yeah. won the midfield. And certainly as, we, as I just discussed, you know, not having Barco there – not that Moreno was a bad player, but 
just there's you can see why Heinze prefers Moreno on the left where he can get into space and dribble as opposed to the middle of the field where there's a little more pressure on you and you saw last night you know in that case you know when you do lose the ball it's not a place to lose the ball as opposed to the left touch line where it's a little less risk and then also he doesn't have the breakaway speed so like I said they just foul 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 um and that was Philadelphia's MO I mean they just fouled all night they got compact and uh, Atlanta was just not able to create anything. And, you, and so you end up with a lot of those crosses lumped into the box that were pretty much harmless. I mean, I felt like the Santiago Sosa goal was really the first chance Atlanta created all evening. I mean, it was – it was, um, And it kind of came out of nothing. Just Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so I think it was – you we really, really got – I think it's, it's funny when – I think if you see Atlanta with 70% possession, it, it might mean they got bossed, right? Because that means they just have the ball for long periods of time. I don't think Heinze wants that much possession. You know, he wants to have the ball, but he wants to go forward and go right at defenses. When you see 70% possession, that might be a sign that you're conceding a lot of chances going the other way. And playing a team that's defending you without even breaking a sweat. I mean, Philadelphia, some last-ditch defending. But in the end, they just won the individual battles in the middle of the field and created way more chances, despite the possession who had the ball most of the time. Look, I'll be honest, the more exciting part of the night for me, I, I, knowing that going into it, it was going to be a tough tax to overcome a 3-0 deficit, uh, was the conversation after the match. Um, how do you guys feel about having Ooh. a... Uh, well, I don't know. How did you guys feel about it? And to give you context, Gabriel Heinze was less than pleased at the results, less than pleased with the way Philadelphia Union kind of um, handled the match towards the end of things, uh, throwing themselves and, and kind of faking it. And uh, Heinze kind of called out Jim Curtin on it, and uh, Jim Curtin had uh, had had choice words. I mean, I think it's my. It seems like it's kind of much ado about nothing. But I hope that everyone overreacts because I am all for a Gabriel Heinze Jim Curtin rivalry. And I remember <laughs> thinking that the moment that they first interacted there, that we saw by the fourth official before it be- even became clear. I mean, this this could be such. This could be awesome. I mean, just because Gabriel Heinz is going to do this a lot. I feel like, you know, yeah, <laughs> he's going to run you know, afoul of a lot of managers. I feel like in MLS where, you know, he's obviously got a fiery personality. And I think that, you know, it does kind of seem like a little bit of sour grapes or whatever from Heinz's part, because yeah, yeah his team was losing sure. and he didn't want to, you know, you know, go down Shaking like that. Or whatever. Leg, right. Yeah. Yeah. But after either leg, I think. Right. Right. But, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is soccer. You know, their players are going to roll around when they're up and they want, you know, a game to end. That's, that's just kind of how it goes. And so is it right? Do we want to see it? No, but that's how it goes. And Gabriel Heinze probably did his fair share of it <laughs> he uh, knows more during than his playing career. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think that, yeah, like you said, much ado about nothing, but at the same time, could spice awesome. up the Atlanta-Philadelphia series a little bit. You know, yeah. just one of those things to look out for going, going forward. Uh, Jim Curtin uh, saying after the game that I, I get uh, basically about the accusation that union players were diving and faking things. I get that, but I don't think that that's what we're about. I think we're uh, about doing our talking on the field, which is kind of hilarious that he won't even admit that, yeah, that's part of the game. That's um, funny that he says we don't do that, but also says that's part of the game in the same sentence. No, no, no. That was me saying part of the game. Oh, <laughs> come on. But I thought it was hilarious that the like, – I mean, look, just admit it's part of the game. Like, if, if you want to – that's sportsman – sportsmanship. That's gamesmanship. Yeah. You know? why, it like, sucks, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that maybe Philadelphia needed to do that, especially if you were already up uh, 3-1 at that point. Um, and when all this started, you know, I, 
I don't know that that's really necessary, but whatever. It's, 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 you know, you do what you got to do to protect the lead. You know? Anyways, uh, he went on to say he's a great uh, Jim Curtin on Heinze. Um, he's a great player and a great coach, but you can still be a sore loser and an asshole after a game. Which <laughs> fantastic. I look, I want more of honest. Uh, I want more of on, I want more honest press conferences from MLS coaches. And also we get in the other leagues, you know, like, you know, you go to England, you go to Spain, any of these other leagues, Germany, the the coaches have always been way more honest than the American sports coach is. So uh, I think that, you know, as you get more of a, you know, influx of those kind of coaches and and into, you know, MLS, it's going to be that way. And, And I think that obviously you can't say that he's wrong. I mean, Gabriel Heinze was definitely acting out and definitely, I don't know, you know, I wouldn't maybe not go as far as to say sore loser, although that's what it seems like. But yeah, this, this is a, a, a pull no punches kind of answer, kind of, you know, press conference answer. And again, if it spices up the Atlanta United Philadelphia series going forward, I mean, you know, we want Atlanta United to be where Philadelphia was last year all yeah. the time, like in terms of like how, how good that team was. So uh, you know, if it spices up the rivalry, if both teams are good, hey, it's nothing but but good things yeah. for MLS. And and that's just one part of this that, of course, we're not going to mention because we're Atlanta United. But Philadelphia also are a very good good side. Yeah. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the reasons you struggle, and one of the reasons you see those frustrations on the sideline from Gabriel Heinze just um, seeing his team outplayed by a better eleven players on the night. Yeah, I mean, they're an MLS Cup favorite for a reason. You know, I mean, they're a team that a lot of people really, you know, really think can go very far this season and shoot. Maybe not just MLS Cup, but, you know, if they play the way they played against Atlanta over both legs, they very well could be a team that's going to contend here in this, uh, you know, uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, but I'm just so – I'm so here for the curtain, the uh, Heinz yeah, day. It's, it's so MLS, right? You've got the kind of – I'm, I'm here for Heinz versus anyone. Fair enough. Oh, for sure. Fair enough. But <laughs> this one, I, I, this one, I'm really, I really hope this one blows off because there is like this is such an MLS kind of thing where you have this, uh, this South American uh, hotshot manager coming in, and you've got the grizzled veteran Jim Curtin <laughs> who went to Villanova and I think what he played for the Fire for a while, and he's been the union coach for seven years. You know, like, uh, and he's just kind of goofy, dorky looking. I mean, this this is just everything about this is so wonderful. The I, only thing this story I, needs I want them is to fight. I want them to fight. <laughs> the only thing this story needs is if Curtin had actually coached lacrosse before he started coaching. <laughs> no, so the funny thing is about his comment. If you just read the tweet, you think it's kind of like a like a kind of a dick thing to say, but really, it's funny it, the the way the the press conference comes out and the way he delivers this 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 quote. It's it just respect, 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 respect. You can be an asshole. Respect, 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 respect. Like it's 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 this it's this insult cloud like surrounded by just a sea of, of of compliments. And you know he's a great player and and he's a great coach and he's gonna do great things. But you can still be an asshole after the game. It was to me it was just hilarious. And look, I think Jim Curtin's is is a good manager in his own right. So I think it's it's just a little yeah. I mean he's probably frustrated about it, but. Hopefully it'll be a good fun rivalry. We'll see. We'll see what comes from this. How how disappointed are you that they're out of CCL now? I look. I, I'll yeah. go back and say that I've always saw this tournament at the beginning of the season as a preseason tournament. I didn't care. Like wake me up when they get to the final, and then I'll be ha- excited about it. And then I'll look at it as a Campeones Cup type of deal with a little extra. But if they didn't make it to the final, I was always going to look at this tournament. Me personally, I know that 
fans aren't going to see it this way. But me personally, it was always going to be a preseason tournament. I wasn't going to get up if they got far. I wasn't going to go down if they got knocked out early. Yeah. Uh, but now that they're out, how did you guys see I'm, the tournament? How did you guys, uh, you know, going forward into MLS and now just focusing on MLS? Yeah. You know, what are the things you're looking for moving forward? To build off your point a little bit, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed because you were going to have that break to, before the semifinals this year. So you were going to have a time for the team to get acclimated and you wouldn't have that preseason kind of uh, effect when you got into those matches. And plus you had a little bit of an easier draw uh, this year. So I was hopeful as a fan, you know, that you get to the semifinals, the team then gets a chance to gel and is playing their best soccer in the semifinal and hopefully final. Unfortunately, to your point, Eric, you saw that preseason side come out. And uh, it's, even in the Aluense, um, I still don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm so glad we're not dealing with that anymore. Um, but even in, even in that tie, you, you saw kind of preseason vibes, and you certainly saw it in this one. So unfortunately, while I was hoping to get to the semis where you would not have the preseason vibes anymore, it was those same vibes that uh, saw us out early. Yeah, and I, I would say that, you know, first of all, team shouldn't have been in the tournament anyway uh, you know, just, oh come on and we should be in it next year too clear. we are the u.s <laughs> open cups canceled right we are in it next year too we are the defending Whoa. champions you got to beat the man to be the man and, and, <laughs> thank you rick flair i appreciate yes. that um so, but, but no i mean look, it's it's a tournament that you know obviously i think atlanta united as large as their aspirations are would want to win at some point um, this wasn't going to be the year they were going to do it. And I think as much time as this team can focus on MLS and focus on, uh, you know, growing under Gabriel Heinze, the better. So for, for me, I'm not super upset that they're not in this tournament anymore. Uh, and I think that, you know, it's a tournament that, of course, you want to do well in, and of course you want to win. I mean, Atlanta United wants that opportunity to go to the Club World Cup and go up against – you know, uh, a Man City or, you know, one of those type teams that ends up winning the Champions League. So um, I think going forward, you want to do well in it. But this year, just just this particular year, I'm, I'm not losing any sleep over the fact that they're out. Yeah, I am also not losing sleep over Lucid FC. Big shout out to <laughs> Lucid FC, <laughs> sponsor of Dirty South Soccer. Well, I don't know about you, but I have. I can't sleep, <laughs> I can't sleep a minute. Lucid FC, a distinctively modern clothing line uh, based right here in Atlanta, reflects a deeply British-American heritage design approach, uh, promotes freedom of fashion, gender, and role. The brand's iconic logo, immediately recognizable. Lucid FC uh, makes pants, outerwear, hats, shirts, hoodies. Um, I actually was hanging out with some of the Tenderfoot TV guys last night, and they recognized my hat with the Lucid FC logo and talked about how big they were. So go check them out, Lucid FC dot us ask me what the fc stands for in lucid fc what does the fc stand for what is the f what is the FC footwear stand for? and clothing perfect match for all the fans of the football clubs uh check them out lucid fc dot us use the uh, promo code dss for a little discount and uh if you happen to uh talk to the guys at lucid fc let them know you uh heard it from from us how are you enjoying the new gig eric by the way uh i like it look it's uh Podcasts have been my kind of my 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 life for. So it is Tenderfoot, right? Tenderfoot TV. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And um, so I mean, we started this podcast when 2015. Yeah, that's correct. So we started this one. That is correct. And um, 
the goal is always to kind of make this podcast. I mean, it is what it is now, but to make this podcast, you know, a, you know, a major outlet for, for, you know, soccer fans. And, and really, I just wanted to be able to build a podcast and, and, you know, as kind of generic as it sound, build the brand and uh, kind of make brand. a name, make a name in the, in the podcast game. And there, there was a point in uh, maybe like two or three years in that I decided I really wanted to, kind of make a push into the kind of the, the storytelling aspect of podcasts. And um, that kind of sat with me for a couple of years and um, COVID hit and I was at a job that I really didn't like. I, I you know, you can ask me, on, I'm not going to call them out, but you can ask me on a personal level. I did not like working there and I worked there for too long. And um, when COVID hit, I got laid off and I had the opportunity to kind of hold off whatever the next gig was. And one, because no one was hiring and two, um, because I kind of told myself I'm not going to take another job that I don't like. And uh, it kind of worked out perfectly that one of the guys at Tenderfoot was a Lane United fan. And I uh, just kind of, the, you know, the, here's the beauty of the whole thing. All I did was reached out to people on, ten, on LinkedIn. I almost said Tinder. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I reached out to people on LinkedIn. I, was, I reached out to people on LinkedIn um, uh, that worked there and, and just asked if they were hiring. That was it. That was the story. So if, you, if there's a job out there that you want, just reach out and see because you never know. They didn't have anything right at the time, but maybe like a month later, I got a, I got a, I got a message randomly asking if I'd be interested in, in interviewing. And I was like, uh, yeah. I had this weird snafu with another company that had hired me. Um, that I guess didn't realize they couldn't afford me. And that was weird. But, uh, right after that uh, is when kind of tenderfoot came calling and, and now I'm kind of immersed in some, uh, pretty cool projects, some serial killer stuff, some, some, uh, some pretty cool projects like serial killers. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, I mean, look, everyone listens to the podcast for the true crime stuff. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm deep into these, you know, true crime type of podcasts. And, yeah. um, uh, it's a big a, ticket. It's, for sure. it's a, it's a cool thing to, to be a part of. It's a cool thing to kind of help put together. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun job. That's for sure. And, um, I like the people I'm working with and, uh, I, I think they like me too. So, and Sam, I'll put it this way. I'll put, I'll put it, I'll put it this way. I, 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 before, (laughs) before I didn't used to, uh, like waking up to go to work and now I very much do. So it's very much. I'll say this about, uh, I'll say this about Eric's former employer for a company that says they'll pick you up. Laying somebody off during COVID is pretty (laughs) crappy. I'm just going to say that. Look, I I didn't, I was, I was not mad that this company did not, uh, was laying people off. And (laughs) at the time, at the time that we had the, the, the conversation about getting laid off that I, you know, I, I asked if there was ever a a chance that they might, you know, give us all a call back the people they did lay off since we kind of already knew the company, if they would ever, uh, consider rehiring us. And as soon as I asked the question, I was like, why would I even ask? I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm oh, glad man. that worked out. And so, Sam, you you've closed on a house. That's right. We we live in the house yeah. now, uh, which you guys is you are know, living it's, it's, a dream. Yeah, I mean, we closed on the house all the way back in. Uh, well, no, we closed on the house in March. Um, but yeah, our our apartment lease ran out, and we just kind of were taking our time. But yeah, we're in the house now. Uh, it's great. Um, you know, I've already had to you know do a home project because uh you know some of the walls got dinged up when we were moving uh, some stuff in. So. I uh, just had some repainting done uh, earlier today. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> the, the joys of home ownership, joys, but no, it's been, indeed. it's been great so far. Um, you know, just uh, all those things where, you know, I'm, you know, going to Home Depot and actually buying things, you know, feeling like a real man. Uh, it's great. Great stuff. 
So one thing I did want to, one thing I did want to, what's doing in your life, Josh, before I say this? Oh, you Anything know, new? well, uh, any, any, uh, any, you know, what's, what's the relationship status? What's the, he's uh, trying to get Druid Hills into the, I'm, through the state playoffs right now, yeah, man. He doesn't have time for relationships. Well, sadly, I guess, yeah, let's go with, I don't have time. Um, <laughs> sadly, sadly, uh, Druid Hills uh, lost in the second round, uh, high school where I coach. And uh, unfortunately, it is my last year there as well. Um, I'm taking a little more responsibility on with the club where I coach and uh, the time just won't work out. But uh, yeah, man, what an amazing four years. I love that school. And I know Sam does too. We both go back a ways. Definitely Mm -hmm. uh, an emotional uh, decision, but for the best for the old career. And, uh, you know, I don't know if any of them listen. I know some, but, you know, I I really, I love, I love everyone. I've thank you to everyone that I've ever coached or been involved with at Druid Hills. It was a dream come true to be back there. Now Josh is cutting onions over here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One thing I did want to kind of uh, leave on is, uh, so I I know that we've kind of been hit and miss with these podcasts, mainly because life, um, it's not as easy as it was before, Uh, but uh, there's going to be a concerted effort to really get these podcasts out on a, on a more weekly basis, as opposed to like the semi-weekly, semi-monthly, whatever it is. um, Yeah. We're getting back to it lately. Yeah, it's uh, no stuff. It's it's it, with all the life changes, and especially with a lot of the stuff that's going on with COVID, especially with work. Um, it's it's just been harder than before. So, I know some people are still able to do it. Um, I miss the home before dark guys. I don't know what's going on with them, but I haven't heard from them in a while. Um, so obviously, thing you know, this being a weird time, it can be it can be kind of a struggle for for you know people that well for everyone, um, and not that it's been terribly difficult for us and it's just a podcast at the end of the day but um you know there is the 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 fun aspect of being able to hear us i know a lot of people like to listen and a lot of people ask me about um what's going on with the podcast since it's not coming out as regularly as before so just wanted to at least throw it out there that there was there is a concerted effort to to really get back to you know day after type shows and um a more more weekly weekly podcast as opposed to semi-monthly or whatever it is yeah we don't want to be but, relegated um, to semi-monthly semi-weekly whatever we want to be weekly we want to be unrelegated well actually we don't want to be unrelegated we want to be the mouse of the south really, but you know <laughs> jesus christ frank <Frankly. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> all right any jokes take today, off? guys i'm just full of jokes no but it was fun and yeah i'll see you guys next week on twitter you can find me at josh b914 yeah, at Sam J. Franco over here, and uh, definitely looking forward to uh, just watching this team evolve. You know, and I think that's what the the main thing. If you're a fan of Atlanta United right now, is you just want to watch this team continue to get better and improve uh, week in and week out. You can find me at Eric G. Quintana. You can find the podcast at MOTS Podcast. Uh, be sure to hit us up uh, whenever you have a thought, opinion, think we're dumb, think we're smart, whatever. Um, hit us up. We'll engage. We'd love to. Uh, That does it for us. Until next time, see you later, Lana. See you.